Eagles Entertainment. Eagle Eye in the Sky is fueled by Gatorade, the official sports drink of the Philadelphia Eagles. Anything that moves, I don't care who it is. Let's go. Give me everything you got. Play fast, play hard. Let's beat these boys tonight in their house. It's party time. It's party time. Let's go. Touchdown! You're listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now here's your host, Brand Duffy. That's right, another week, and we've got some coaching changes to talk through as the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, fueled by Gatorade, continues. I'm Fran Duffy, and I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 229. At the top of this week's show, we've got Chalk Talk, where I sat down with really three different people, three different guests. We're going to go around the horn here in the NFC East. Obviously, look, a lot of coaching changes. The coaching hires made official here in Philadelphia. We'll hit on that at the very top. After that, I'm going to sit down with Ben Fennel. We're going to talk about Mike McCarthy going to the Dallas Cowboys. So Ben has obviously a lot of insight with Mike McCarthy being the former coach of the Green Bay Packers. We'll pick his brain a little bit about how Mike McCarthy will fit in in Dallas. We'll talk with Bob Sturm from The Athletic down in Dallas about Jason Garrett, who made the move up to the New York Giants as the offensive coordinator. We'll talk about Joe Judge and what he will bring to the New York Giants. And then lastly, we'll chat with Jordan Rodrigue, who does a great job covering the Carolina Panthers for the Athletic and her insight into Ron Rivera, the former Eagles defensive assistant who will now be the head coach of the Washington Redskins. So we've got a lot to talk about. We're not going to waste any more time. Let's get into it now with Chalk Talk. Let's get down to business. It's time for Chalk Talk. All right, so at the very top, like I said, we're going to talk about the Eagles coaching changes first, and they made those uh, those changes official late last week, and really the big name that was added to the staff would be Rich Scangarello, who is the senior offensive assistant. He was hired, he was the offensive coordinator last year for the Denver Broncos, longtime assistant under Kyle Shanahan, both in San Francisco as well as in Atlanta, has a number of different stops at the college level as well, and I think if you're just looking you know, at the, the Shanahan uh, influence, okay, the, the, a lot of the things that we talk about when we talk about on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast all the time because, you know, you see it, obviously, you see it in San Francisco right now. You see it in Green Bay with Matt LaFleur. You see it in, in L.A. with Sean McVay. These offenses, you see it in Minnesota. Gary Kubiak comes from that same tree. So it's a lot about stretch zone run game, misdirection with the, the, the motions and all the different pre-snap movement. And then also, obviously, the formation variation using different personnel packages. A lot of different variety there with that Kyle Shanahan offense. It'll be interesting to see uh, what Coach Scangarello can bring to this Eagle offense in that role as the senior offensive assistant. Press Taylor promoted to pass game coordinator. Really, really excited uh, for Coach Taylor and you know everything he's done over the course of his career here in Philadelphia. Did a great job last year with Carson Wentz as the quarterback coach. Carson Wentz breaking a bunch of Eagles franchise records as a passer. You can go, if you go and find uh, any of the segments that Press Taylor's done on, our, on Eagles game plan, he's done a couple of tape study segments with us in the studio. You just got to get a sense of how bright of a young coach he is. Excited for him and what he'll bring to this Eagles offense moving forward. Uh, Matt Burke, also a title change for Matt Burke. He goes from uh, special defensive assistant last year, now is going to be the run game coordinator and the defensive line coach. Uh, So you look at Matt Burke, he was the defensive coordinator in Miami for two seasons, 2017-2018. Longtime assistant under Jim Schwartz, but he's known league-wide for how smart and creative he is, especially in the defensive front. So uh, him being the run game coordinator will be fun to watch here for this Eagles defense. On the back end, the Eagles had to 
replace Corey Yunlin, who's now the defensive coordinator in Detroit. Marquand Manuel was signed. He was the uh, defensive coordinator in Atlanta from 27 to 2017 to 2018. Now, Marquand Manuel, he was a longtime assistant under both Dan Quinn, who's obviously the head coach in Atlanta, and also Pete Carroll out in Seattle. So you've got that cover three zone, very high intensity, high urgency play in the secondary. Excited to see uh, what he will bring to the back end of this Eagles defense in 2019 or in 2020. And then Aaron Moorhead was signed as the uh, wide receivers coach here in Philadelphia. Spent the last two years as the wide receivers coach at Vanderbilt. I'll tell you what, he's a, first of all, he's an NFL veteran. He played in the league for a long time out in Indianapolis. But, you know, I studied a Vanderbilt wide receiver over the summer, Kalijah Lipscomb. Okay, he's a senior. He's going to the combine in a couple weeks. Uh, he's certainly one of the, the, the many receivers in this draft class. And I'll say this about Kalijah Lipscomb. He's a little bit, uh, you know, athletically limited. There are some limitations there from a physical standpoint, but you could tell he's coached really, really well. He gets off the line of scrimmage uh, with really good hand usage at the line. He's very crafty with his releases, and as a route runner, you could tell he was coached up very, very well. So excited to see what Aaron Moorhead brings here to Philadelphia from a coaching standpoint at the wide receiver position. And then the last hire, Andrew Briner, was hired as the pass game analyst, pass, pass game coordinator and quarterbacks coach last year uh, at Mississippi State underneath Joe Moorhead. Head, the longtime coach there, or I shouldn't say the longtime coach there, but the, the, co- the coach down uh, for the Bulldogs in Starkville it was obviously at Penn State, so local fans may be aware of Joe Moorhead. But I think when you look uh, at Andrew Briner, he brings you know just another set of eyes, another set of experiences. Uh, what he can bring from that standpoint will be a lot of fun. I've watched that Mississippi State offense uh, this summer, this fall, just watching them. You can kind of see that they they go about things a little bit of a different way than what most of the teams in the SEC did. So excited to see some of those ideas brought to Philadelphia. And then a couple of promotions as well. T.J. Pagnetti promoted to assistant run game coordinator and assistant running backs coach. Dino Vasso being promoted to assistant coordinator of the defense. You talk with any players on offense or defense, they will talk about what both Ryan Pagnetti, uh, T.J. Pagnetti, and Dino Vasso, all three guys really, what they bring to this Eagles team and working with these guys and getting them ready on a weekly basis. So happy for all the guys that got promotions. Excited to see uh, what all the new additions bring to this Eagles coaching staff. Will be a lot of fun. And again, if if you do want to go and learn more about these new Eagles coaches, all you got to do is go subscribe to the Eagles Insider Podcast with Dave Spadaro. Over the next few weeks, he's going to be sitting down one-on-one with all of these coaches so you can get a really good sense of their background and what they're going to bring to this staff. So it's going to be a lot of fun to watch that over on the Eagles Insider Podcast over the next few weeks. Hope to have some of those coaches as well on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast here uh, as well before their start of the 2020 season. All right. Now, let's transition to the next part of this show because, uh, obviously, look, the Eagles coaching changes. They were just made final, but the NFC East has been a whirlwind over the last couple of weeks. And you talk about the changes really at all three teams uh, the, uh, surrounding the Eagles. All three of their rivals have changed head coaches. We're going to start in Dallas where Mike McCarthy is now the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. He replaces Jason Garrett to go and get inside the mind of Mike McCarthy, get a little bit of a sense of what he brings to the table. I sat down with our friend Ben Fennell here to kick us off in Chalk Talk. All right, so we're going to start things off here with talking about the Dallas Cowboys, their new head coach, Mike McCarthy. Obviously, a lot of changes there uh, in Dallas for the first time in a while, and we're going to welcome in our friend Ben Fennell. Ben, uh, welcome back to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. It's good to be on. Yeah, so It has been a while since you want to say uh, training camp? Yeah. yeah you know, obviously, every week you can hear us uh, on the Journey to the Draft podcast. But uh, this week, we're going to talk through uh, the hiring of Mike McCarthy to be the head coach in Dallas. Now, uh, Ben does great breakdowns for The Athletic, uh, covering the Green Bay Packers, a team you've followed for a long time. Uh, so I wanted to bring you on, just kind of talk about 
Mike McCarthy's philosophy, what are Eagles fans, what are the Eagles now going to see twice a year with Dallas, with Mike McCarthy uh, as the head coach? Now, he had that year off in between. There's some, there's other variables in play here with Kellen Moore is held as OC. It sounds like he's going to be the play caller, but Mike McCarthy as a whole, over the course of his career, what is his philosophy offensively? What are we going to see from this Dallas Cowboys offense? Well, I think the whole stigma around Mike McCarthy is really interesting because he's paired with Aaron Rodgers. Right. And the stigma around Aaron Rodgers is very interesting. So identifying their abilities, their pros and cons are tough to sort through. Yeah. Because they're each pretty unique. And Aaron Rodgers is a unique quarterback. And I think the past three and four years are tough to evaluate the coaching staff with the quarterback. Sure. Um, He had a propensity to play out of structure, play improvisationally. He did it very well for a long time. So that kind of bastardized the offense to an extent, and I'm not sure where the lines kind of were drawn between Mike McCarthy's philosophies and Aaron Rodgers. And that was a big part of the conversation behind the scenes is their relationship and them butting heads philosophically. Right. Um, And that Mike McCarthy was more of a structured base coach. Yep. Much like a funny thing, Matt LaFleur or Sean McVay. Just a different style. Yes, and Aaron Rodgers is more of a spread, let me figure it out type of quarterback. Right. Yep. Um but spinning this back to Mike McCarthy, West Coast offense or originated coach. Yep. Quick pass game, foundational run game. And the joke in Green Bay for a long time was you're only running the ball so we can pass it. Right. And big believer in the stretch outside zone game. Okay. And then working the play action shot plays off of it. All right. So the first part of that, the outside zone stuff that plays with what Dallas is Pretty consistently done. With but I Zeke. thought Dallas has been pretty multiple in their run game. Yeah, they like to get their guards on That's the fair. move That's in a the sweep yep. game. A lot of, a lot of the counters. Yeah, I think you're going to see a lot more focus to the run game. Okay, the way the Rams and the 49ers are operating, much more of a heavy zone scheme with a couple tendency breakers. So maybe going back to like Demarco Murray uh, when Demarco was there. Very much so. Okay. I, I like that style okay. and then working the play action shot plays off of it. Uh, and then the West Coast principles outside of that. So it was like, I just remember breaking down Green Bay. What fascinated me watching that McCarthy offense in Green Bay when they were really humming was it was the same basic concepts like all the time. It was like double slant, slant flat, stick, like all the basic like day one install West Coast offense plays. Yes. And then they had great plays off of that. So you had like your stick nods and Mm -hmm. your sluggos and stuff like that. And then you had just Aaron Rodgers, who could be a freak show and make those plays outside of structure. Like that was, to me, that that was the offense. Right. And he's more of the, for lack of a better word, the archaic scheme-based coach than the new age innovative coach. Sure. And I think that's where fans got a little frustrated over the past five years. And you started to see these kind of exotic offensive designs Mm. and the way Sean Payton evolved his offense with the Saints. And you just didn't see that. With the Packers, and as you started to see more run-based quarterbacks with Colin Kaepernick, yep. and there was a lot of creativity in the league. Yeah, and as the Packers' offense was kind of middling, you just didn't see any of those creative elements. Yep, and I think that's where it gets misconstrued with Mike McCarthy because he is creative and he is multiple. Right, and it's fun to watch him be creative with his weapons and the way he ran his offense with Jermichael Finley. Sure. Was completely different than the way he ran it two years ago. Right. Jermichael Finley was a freak show tight end that he profiled in the offense. Yeah. When he got Randall Cobb. Right. He changed his offense. Yeah. 
he started putting Cobb in the backfield. Who's also in Dallas, by the way. He's ran, a free agent, but ran more option yeah. routes, yep. things like that. Played yep. to his ability. So I think he has the ability to play to to his talent as well. Not to mention a big aspect of his offense, the screen game. Yeah. Not only calling him the timing of the screen. That's something we talk about a lot is when you call the screens. Right, yep. Very, very good feel for calling the screen game and something I think the NFC East is going to have to deal with uh, for a couple of years. So we know Zeke is great in the past game, so yep. we'll see more of that. You mentioned the outside zone stuff. Uh, I think what will be interesting, you know, we'll talk about this a little bit later with Jason Garrett going to New York. You know, Dallas before last year was very – isolation route based like they wanted their guys to go and win even though they didn't have guys necessarily that could go and win that's why they had to trade for Amari Cooper they drafted Michael Gallup uh you know they had to go get those guys but uh this isn't necessarily that you're going to have those concepts but when they brought in Kellen Moore they named him offensive coordinator last year we saw an increased amount of good really effective two and three man route concepts we saw stacks we saw bunches we saw pre-snap motion so the marriage between Kellen Moore who it sounds like is going to call plays there in Dallas along with Mike McCarthy who also has had the year off there's been all the you know there's a lot of the media stuff that you can go and find of you know the the work that he's done the, the retired coaches the convention <laughs> he held in Pittsburgh and uh you know him visiting with PFF and stuff like that like you know, how much has he changed and then how much is that Kellen Moore impact uh, going to have? It's going to be interesting to watch and, and kind of follow that over the course of the season. Yeah, my last two points, huge players coach. He's a right. guy that I think people like to play for. And even though he had the kind of contentious relationship with Aaron Rodgers, a guy that I think players really uh, kind of flocked around and enjoyed yep. playing for. Right. And the one player I think I'm most excited for in this offense, as much as he gonna, he's going to run the ball and he's going to work in the play-action shot plays, right. is Tony Pollard. Really? And the way I think Cobb got used in the Packers' offense early in his career okay. will be the 2020 version of Tony Pollard. Interesting. What do you think uh, McCarthy does for, for Dak? I think he needs to structurize yeah. Dak. I right. think Dak needs to play like Jimmy G played this year. Right. I think play a little bit more within structure. You, he has some ability, obviously, that's unique for quarterback play and the quarterback runs and his ability to use his leg and be strong. But I thought he took a really good step forward in being a pocket passer this year, mm. especially early, early in the year when the offense was much more structured. I thought it got a little bit loose later into the I'd year. I agree with that, yep. Um, and that's going to be interesting because of what he allowed Aaron Rodgers to do late in right. his career and be a little bit more out of structure. Yep. And um, I think this is the fun conversation with McCarthy and all the different identities the Packers have taken over the past 10 years and not really knowing which one is McCarthy. Is it the Super Bowl year? Is it the 15-1? Right. Is it the past two years with Aaron Rodgers and struggling to move the ball? Yep. Um, it's an interesting conversation because you don't really know who he is. Yeah, and I think you'll have that same kind of conversation defensively. Mm -hmm. uh, Mike Nolan going in as yeah. defensive coordinator. He's been in a multitude of schemes, different situations. He's had different levels of success, some good, some bad. Um, so some changes, certainly with Dallas. Appreciate the time here, Ben. Uh, just bringing out what we think Mike McCarthy could look like uh, with the Dallas Cowboys. Well, great stuff there from Ben. You can follow him on Twitter at Ben Fennel underscore NFL. And he mentioned, we talked a little bit about uh, just that dynamic between Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore. As I mentioned, you know, Kellen Moore last year, we saw all the different pre-snap motions, the stacks, the bunches, a lot more creativity. So it'll be interesting to see just how that meshes with Mike McCarthy and the creative influence that he has. And so pairing those two together should be fun to watch, you know, from a football standpoint, uh, to see how those two meld, uh, meld together uh, for that Dallas Cowboys offense. Defense 
defensively, they brought in Mike Nolan, who's a, a longtime defensive mind in the NFL. I believe he was just a linebackers coach for the New Orleans Saints. He's been a defensive coordinator in a number of different spots, 4-3, 3-4, doesn't matter. He's worked with both. The thing that will be interesting to watch there with the Dallas defense, you have so many free agents I mean, at all three levels and really on both sides of the ball with that Dallas team. A ton of free agents going into this offseason. So seeing how this plays out from a personnel standpoint, uh, will be, I think will kind of dictate how they're going to play. Are they going to be 4-3? Are they going to be 3-4 in their base? That should be interesting to watch. They did hire Jim Tomasula, uh, who's one of the better defensive line coaches in the league. He joins Mike Nolan and obviously worked with Mike Nolan out in San Francisco. Uh, he's probably pri- Nominally been a 3-4 defensive line coach, so that will be interesting to watch here uh, with the Cowboys moving forward. But the personnel changes uh, with free agency on the horizon, I think that will dictate more so than anything how they play on the defensive front because you got a new staff on that side of the ball as well. All right, let's go over to the New York Giants next. Okay, They hired Joe Judge, one of the surprise moves of the offseason. No, not really on the radar of a lot of fans, of a lot of media. Joe Judge has been the longtime special teams coordinator and most recently the wide receivers coach in New England. Young guy, he's from the area, from the Philadelphia area. So uh, this is a guy I think that brings a lot of energy. Uh, he wants to be versatile. He wants to be multiple. He wants to put his guys in positions to succeed. He's saying all the right things up in New York and surrounded himself with a, a lot of former head coaches. And one of those head coaches was Jason Garrett, the former head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. So I caught up with Bob Sturm, who covers the Dallas Cowboys for the Athletic. He joins us next here on Chalk Talk. Well, happy to welcome back to the show a guy who joined us last summer previewing the Dallas Cowboys from an X and O standpoint. Happy to welcome back uh, Bob Sturm from The Athletic down in Dallas. Uh, Bob, we're not talking about the Cowboys today. We're instead talking about Jason Garrett, obviously a guy that you've covered for a long time down there in Big D. He has now changed locations. He's an offensive coordinator for the first time in you know about a decade uh, up in New York with the Giants. I want to get a sense of you. What is? What do you think his philosophy is going to be now as a play caller, as a full-time offensive coordinator? What is he going to bring to this Giants offense? Well, I, I think the first goal will be to uh, to to figure out how to best utilize what they have up there weapon-wise. And when we certainly know the Giants uh, need more dynamic playmakers, but all things being equal, uh, the Jason Garrett uh, ability to you know, kind of get the offense going at different times has been very impressive. I mean, the 2007 Cowboys, for instance, when he had young Tony Romo and, and a solid run game and Terrell Owens and, and Jason Witten in his prime, I mean, they, they ran the ball up and down the field uh, as well as anybody, and they mixed pass and run, and they, they scored a ton of points, and they were incredible. Uh, other Jason Garrett offenses have – you know, what's interesting about it is often you can say a coach and both of us in our heads can picture what their scheme is and what their philosophies are. Jason Garrett has had so many different iterations of what his offense is that you could argue he isn't necessarily married to any of them, but he also isn't necessarily associated with too many of them either. I mean, right. uh, we've seen a – I think the best example of Jason Garrett uh, and maybe the frustrations people have down here in Dallas is, I want to say 2012 and 2013, nobody passed the ball more than the Dallas Cowboys. They were 32nd in runs, as I recall. And then in 2014, they went number one in runs, like overnight. And you never see that with the same guy, right. uh, but the Cowboys did it. So to say, what is Jason Garrett all about? 
It's actually a little more complicated than that because he's evolved, and I'm not positive it's always been for the better, but his offenses absolutely have changed over the years quite a bit. Yeah, I, I'm really interested to see. Obviously, look, uh, you know, Scott Linehan was down there for so long, and I think back to what they were schematically before last year, before Kellen Moore took over as the offensive coordinator. Yeah. A lot of you know isolation-based routes. We talked about that earlier with Ben. Is you know it was it wasn't necessarily a conceptualized offense. And then you look at the run game, right. and it was very multiple. You know, all different kinds of schemes, uh, zone, uh, different gap schemes, power, counter, trap. But then you look at what they were, Demarco Murray, a few years ago, and it was all stretch outside zone and Bill Callahan was there I'm just very interested to see when you look at how he's going to work with this offensive personnel obviously an offensive line that you know they have some pieces but not all the way there yet you have a dynamic playmaker in Saquon Barkley and a young quarterback it's going to be interesting to see what he decides to do philosophically with that group that he's got installed so far obviously very early in the offseason up in New York yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And what's crazy about it, and this is probably the uh, baggage that most Cowboys people would have, is that this might be, as crazy as it sounds, this might be a real opportunity to find out what Jason Garrett truly believes. Right. And, and I know that doesn't make any sense when a guy's been a head coach for 10 years, but to understand the decision-making and uh, the philosophies of the Dallas Cowboys, you almost have to understand the power structure and, and, and that leads you to why was Jason Garrett a head coach for this long? It's because he could operate under the power structure. But what that means is at different times, different cooks were in the kitchen. And, uh, you know, his, his greatest ability might have been his ability to adapt to whatever he was told that we were going to really emphasize from the Jones family, from the personnel department, from, you know, the latest OC they hired. So you mentioned when they brought in Scott Linehan, that followed when they brought in Bill Callahan. And uh, Scott Linehan came from the Lions organization where they were also dead last in runs uh, those years in 2012 and 2013. And I think maybe even uh, 14 was his first year in Dallas, Linehan. And, and, And so to see the personality change of the offense, it, was, it, it felt more like something being driven by Bill Callahan and the front office. And so you see that, and then you look at 2019, and you say, wow, the Cowboys' offense actually looked quite different early on. And, and, and that felt more like Kellen Moore bringing in his philosophy, uh, which, which uh, you know, in some ways does go back to Scott Lenahan in Detroit, if you can follow all of these uh, you know, intersecting lines. But the bottom line on all of it is, uh, depending on who you talk to, Jason Garrett was seldom present in offensive meetings the last couple of years. And so uh, his, his input at times was, hey, you handle the head coach decisions, but, but uh, these other guys will be handling the actual X's and O's of the scheme. So there's no question Garrett is well-versed in a number of different looks. There's no question that he has presided over some very prolific offensive seasons. But the philosophies have changed so dramatically over that time that to pin him down on exactly what he will do with Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley and whoever they get to fill out their, uh, their cast of receivers is some level of guesswork on our part. Yeah, it's going to be so interesting, man. And I think when you look at uh, Joe Judge as the head coach, we're going to talk a little bit soon uh, here about Patrick Graham. And obviously he's so multiple defensively. All the different ways they can go about it offensively with uh, with Jason Garrett certainly uh, is going to be very interesting to follow. I know you'll be following it down there in Dallas. Well, Bob, really appreciate the time here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast fueled by Gatorade. We will talk to you again soon, my friend. Thank you so much. 
So as Bob said, it's going to be very interesting to just watch the evolution of Jason Garrett because we're really going to get a sense of how he wants to play. I think regardless, it's going to be very similar to what Joe Judge's philosophy has been, you know, and what he's kind of said since he's gotten the job. You know, this is a guy that's worked for Bill Belichick. He's worked for Nick Saban. Those guys all harp on putting your guys in a, in a position to succeed. Don't ask them to do things that they're not good at doing. So uh, regardless of who they have uh, from a coaching standpoint, they're going to look at their personnel, the personnel that they acquire this offseason in free agency and in the draft. That will dictate how they're going to play. But, you know, as we mentioned, I mean, the, the identity of the Dallas offense has changed so much over the last decade. It'll be very, very intriguing to see how Jason Garrett attacks this New York Giants offense. Defensively, they hired Patrick Graham, who uh, is a very well-respected young defensive assistant. He was the defensive coordinator last year in Miami uh, with Brian Flores. So the Eagles saw him a year ago. And this is a defense. They're very multiple up front, so they're going to do a lot of different things. They're going to move pieces around. Well, One guy may line up at off-the-ball linebacker, then be an edge rusher, then be a stand-up three-tech, then might be dropping off in coverage, all in consecutive plays. And so when you look at what they're going to do, they're going to be very multiple up front, a lot of different looks in the cover or in the back end, a lot of a ton of man coverage, and they're going to play a heavy sub package. So not just nickel, but dime and quarter as well. So you're going to see a lot of heavy defensive back sets. My guess is they'll be addressing the secondary. A lot of young DBs already on that roster. Wouldn't surprise me if they add a couple more DBs over the course of this offseason up in New York. So that's what you can expect here from this New York Giants team. Now, let's transition to the final team here, the final rival for the Eagles, the Washington Redskins. As I mentioned earlier, they hire Ron Rivera for a little bit of a taste into what he will bring from a philosophical standpoint. We caught up with Jordan Rodrigue, who catches or who covers the Carolina Panthers for the Athletic. She is next here on Chalk Talk. Well, excited to close out this segment with Jordan Rodrigue, who does a great job covering the Carolina Panthers for The Athletic. You could follow her on Twitter at Jordan Rodrigue. Jordan, uh, welcome to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, fueled by Gatorade. Thanks, guys. I really am, am happy to be here. Thanks for having me. So we're going to continue this conversation talking about the new hires in the NFC East, and we're going to round it out with the Washington Redskins. Ron Rivera coming over from Carolina. A lot of Eagles fans familiar with Ron Rivera, obviously a former defensive assistant here in Philadelphia. But as a head coach, what is the philosophy? What, is, what are his core values that he's going to bring with him to the nation's capital? Well, he's got a little old-school mindset with him. You know, obviously being a former linebacker for the Chicago Bears, he kind of brings that 85 Bears um, mindset with him a little bit. Um, you know, he's very much about his personal values and kind of installing those within the locker room. Um, I would say that the characteristics of his team overall, I mean, obviously the last two years were a little dicey, but overall the characteristics of his of his football teams have been extremely aggressive, um, defensively focused in terms of being versatile, um, really being uh, kind of hit you in the mouth defenses, usually great linebacker core and a great defensive line. And so I think that his, his things that he's most excited about in Washington is getting to work with some young talent um, at those two positions and, and trying to build them up to kind of be the, um, you know, the, the identity of his roster. Yeah, we're going to talk about him in a little bit, but you know the hiring of Jack Del Rio and they, them going right out and saying, you know what, it's uh, we're going from a three-four to a four-three. It's going to be a four-three scheme uh, with that group. I was a little bit surprised to see that because I know going into last year with Carolina, uh, they wanted to be a little bit more versatile, a little bit more hybrid with what they were doing on the defensive front. We saw a little bit more odd looks from them and different uh, three-four packages. They draft Brian Burns with that in mind. Uh, did that shock you at all that uh, you know he went in so hard right away? Was like, yeah, four-three defense uh, all. 
all the way, or do you think we will see, see some uh, hybrid looks from that defensive front? I think it'll be hybrid. I think it benefits him to say that it's a, a 4-3 right away. Um, I think that benefits him very much because that's a, a good foundational piece that, that he can use. Um, you know, even in, in Carolina's, even with the Panthers last year, they they said they were shifting, quote-unquote, to a 3-4, but they actually ended up playing 4-3 about half the time because of just the looks that they were getting on offense, from offenses. And so, um, and they played a ton of nickel. So that's another thing that I think you'll see a lot is a lot of nickel um, in Washington. But I think that, um, you know, Ron, he's going to love being hybrid. Um, Jack Del Rio and himself are probably kind of giddy over the prospect of some of these guys that they have on the roster. Um, and also that high draft pick as well. <laughs> and so I think that they're, they're probably going to try to be more versatile because you just, you just have to be um, at this point in the league. And I think he's excited about kind of having a clean slate. You know, one quote from him stood out to me during training camp last year. He thought there was too much tape on the Panthers' defense, um, and that was part of the reason why he shifted to the three fours because offenses were starting to figure them out. You know, he's a defensive guy with the defensive coaching tree, and so his guys have kind of run their defenses across the league, and those defenses have had some of Rivera's stamp on it. And so for him being able to go over with new personnel a new defensive coordinator um, in Washington, he kind of gets to start fresh in a way while using some of his fundamentals because he was feeling like his his plays and his calls, his designs were maybe a little bit too spread out um, across the league at that point. Yeah, we know that all teams that have Washington on the schedule this year will certainly be looking back at all that Carolina film. Last question I've got for you, Jordan. You've got some uh, unique insight as well. Uh, just with Scott Turner, the offensive coordinator, Norv Turner's son uh, is now going to be the OC with Washington. Uh, any thoughts on what he'll bring to Dwayne Haskins and Darius Geis, Terry McLaurin, the rest of that Washington offense? Yeah, Scott actually took the lead on working with Cam Newton um, here in Charlotte. And for the time that Cam Newton was healthy, um, he was fantastic. Um, His completion percentage had never been higher, and the offense was running really efficiently with him at quarterback. And so I think that um, Washington can kind of look forward to what he could bring specifically, um, you know, behind the scenes in coaching up a young quarterback and developing a quarterback, um, in Cam Newton's case, obviously being a veteran, but having so many different types of of coordinators and so many different types of quarterback coaches in the past. I think that, um, you know, he'll be good. Scott Turner will be good for Dwayne Haskins. And I also noticed this about Scott Turner in the four games that he kind of took over as interim offensive coordinator in Carolina. Um, He wasn't afraid to try things differently. If something wasn't working, and I use the example of Curtis Samuel, they were sending him on these really low probability routes, and um, they were also – not getting him the ball. I mean, he was getting overthrown like something like 85% of the time. And so they switched up his role and they used him more on reverses. They used him more kind of in a halfback and, and versatile role. And he actually thrived more in that role. And so that was Scott Turner um, deciding, hey, this isn't working for this guy, so we're going to adjust our offense a little bit to fit the personnel that we have. Um, so I think you're, you're going to see a lot of that from him in Washington. Yeah, I know he was very vocal when he first got hired there that uh, they're going to be going out and getting a lot of people to surround Dwayne Haskins with. So uh, not just the guys that are there, but certainly uh, seem like they'll be a little bit active in, in free agency and certainly in the draft to get some offensive skill around Dwayne Haskins. Well, Jordan, really appreciate the time here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast fueled by Gatorade. Thanks so much, and we'll see you out in Indy for the Combine. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. 
So Jordan did a great job of really kind of covering all three of these main people here, right? We talked a little bit about, obviously, Ron Rivera. He's going to bring that old-school mindset. He's been, uh, obviously, offensively. He wants to be able to run the football. They want to be able to control the clock. You've seen what they've done over the last couple of years with Christian McCaffrey. Scott Turner is going to bring a little bit of that mindset uh, with him to the Washington Redskins. They've got obviously look Chris Thompson, the longtime best, one of the best third down backs in the in the uh, in the NFL. He's a free agent this year, so will he be able to be a factor in the passing game? Darius Geis, he's got to be able to stay healthy. Don't count out Bryce Love. He was a mid round pick for Washington a year ago. Was very very productive as Christian McCaffrey's replacement. In, at Stanford, so a little bit of that. He's got a very similar skill set, so I wonder if they'll take Bryce Love, kind of use him in some similar ways that they used Christian McCaffrey. Maybe a little bit of a name to keep an eye on here as long as Love is able to recover from that torn ACL he suffered two Decembers ago, so he missed all of last season. We'll see if he's able to come back and be healthy, but just a name to keep an eye on here as we move into 2020 on the offense. Defensively, as I mentioned, Jack Del Rio came in and said right off the bat, look, we want to be a 4-3 scheme. We want Ryan Kerrigan and uh, uh, the First round, Montez Sweat. We want those guys getting upfield. We don't want them dropping back into coverage. You would say the same about Chase Young as well if the Washington Redskins do select Chase Young at number two overall. So they're going to try and be more of a 4-3 scheme. As Jordan mentioned, I also agree with her. I believe that they will be a little bit more multiple than that. It wouldn't shock me if they, they change some things up from a front standpoint from time to time. But this is a team that's very, very good along the defensive front. That's a well-coached group as well. Jim Tomasula, who now is in Dallas, was previously in Washington, he had those guys humming. So uh, that's a good group up front. A lot of free agents for Washington as well. So we'll see how that roster is massaged and adjusted over the course of the next few months. So always fun to kind of check in, see a little, go around the horn a little bit in the NFC East. Really appreciate all three of our guests, uh, both Ben Fennel, uh, Bob Sturm, and Jordan Rodriguez for joining us here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. And really quickly, the best way to support the show, we, we love it every time you guys support us on social media, but if you go on to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you listen, leave us a rating and leave us a comment. That is the best way to support the show. I wanted to give a little bit of a shout out to somebody who did just that, and that's Kay Pitpost, who left a five-star review on our Apple Podcast page and said a really nice comment. Said, you know, unlike so many shows today that focus on chest-thumping prognostication, Eagle Eye in the Sky humanizes football and focuses on the pregame and in-game chess match that coaches deal with every week and called the show an easy-to-listen-to gem. So, uh, Kay Pitpost, really appreciate that. Thank you so much uh, for the comment. Thank you for the review. Really appreciate everybody that has had a chance to do that. Again, want to thank everybody for uh, filling out that survey over the last few weeks. Really, really huge help for us as we prepare to make some adjustments. We're trying to make this show better for you as we get into the 2020 season. So that'll do it. Another show in the books here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, fueled by Gatorade. For everybody here at the Novacare Complex, I am Fran Duffy. We will talk to you next week.